Hello and welcome to the Learning R podcast. I'm your host, Richard Treves. So hello and welcome to episode five of the Learning R podcast. This one I'm going to call Dirty Dirty Data. This week we're going to discuss firstly in sections one and two cleaning data. Then I'm going to talk in section three about for loops. In section four, we're going to talk about vectorizing, which is a smarter way of doing for loops. And section five is going to discuss R as a high level language and what that means. So let's start out in section one and define what cleaning data means. It means fixing or removing incorrect entries in data or removing irrelevant data. So you want to find mess, the uh, entries that aren't correct, that have been coded wrong, that have been written wrong, and either fix them or remove them. But also you may have an entire column of data that really you don't want and you're going to just remove that. That's also cleaning. And it differs from processing, which is really the next step, which means doing something with the data, processing it in some way, making it something new. So cleaning is getting it ready to do something with it. So in this section two, we're going to talk more about cleaning data and I'm going to refer back to my Moodle project. If you remember, this was about what's called learning analytics, which is basically who's been clicking on what in an educational website. Now, my data set is clean as weblogs often stick to the rules. So it's produced by a server, whereas if you had data entry done by people, often there's a lot more mistakes. And you can imagine my partner works with hospital data and you have hospitals all around the country entering data and multiple people writing that data. Uh, you can imagine there's a lot more scope for differences. I don't have that problem, so there's not that much cleaning to do with my data. But there is some work to be done. For example, I remove irrelevant data, as in the IP address. That's where someone is logging on. It's just not necessary or helpful to what my analysis is doing. And the way to do that is just, because it's a column of data, is just to set the column to null. Um, in the show notes, I'll show how to do that. I also replace usernames that come in the data with a hash. And that means taking a user's name and converting it to a long string of letters and numbers that is unrecognizable by normal people. And that's just to fit in with GPDR regulations. So I'm not having identifiable data within there if I don't need it and I don't need it. I'm also importing marks which come in as a dash. The marks that students get for their courses, if they haven't got a mark for some reason, it comes in as a dash and that's difficult to process. So I'm replacing those dashes with zeros. So some people will have 60%, some people 50%. And if for some reason they haven't got a mark at all, then they have 0% rather than a dash. And that helps with the processing. So that's part of the cleaning as well. And R has the tools for doing that, searching through a column of data 
and replacing everything that's one thing, as in the dash, with another thing, as in the zero. So now we're going to talk about, in section three, for loops. For loop is a basic of any program language, including R. And I use them in my project to step through a data frame row by row cleaning data. Next week, we'll talk about using them to process data. And they have a certain structure. First of all, you say four and then open brackets, I in one to 10, close brackets. And you can see the exact text in the show notes. Now, let's break that down a bit. The I is a counter. It's a variable and it counts between the range that comes after in. So in this case, that's one to 10, and it counts between those two in steps of one. So I in one to 10, that tells R that is to count from one to 10, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. So that's the opening part of the structure. The next part of the structure is to open curly brackets. And within the curly brackets, you have a number of lines with a set of instructions that R is to loop around. So in my case, I used it to step through a data frame and for row I to change a value. And then the next part of the structure is to close the curly brackets. And that tells R that's the end of the instructions and it's to go back to the start and loop round between those curly brackets over and over again for all the values of i, and in the case we've talked about, that's in the range one to 10. Now, an interesting thing in R that I haven't seen in other languages is you can have not only a number range, that you can have it going round a vector. So you can have a vector with say 10 values and it steps through the vector dealing with every value one by one. So that's an interesting little quirk of R. So that's a for loop. So now we're at section four and we're gonna talk about vectorizing versus for loops. And vectorizing is another way of doing loops you using what's called the apply command. And apply takes a list and a function as arguments. And the arguments are just the things that make up the command. A list is much like a vector. That's as much as we need to say in this context. And a function is a thing like calculate the mean or sum all the values. It's actually more complex than that, but that will also do currently. So it goes through the list, it steps through them like a for loop and applies the function continuously. So often it's used that you step through a series of columns in a data frame and apply a certain function. So in my context, going through a series of marks classifications, that's if students failed, they went from 0 to 40%. If they passed, they had 40 to 70%. If they had a distinction, that's 70 to 100%. So 
So that's three items in the list. And for each of those items, finding the number of hits, the number of times they looked at a certain part of the website. Now, why am I telling you all this? Why are we talking about this? Well, apply is generally much faster than for loops. So I've just taught you how to do for loops, but you should use apply if you can, because it will process a lot quicker. Now, why is that? It's because R is what's known as a high level language. And I'll be explaining that in section five. So in this last section, section five, we're going to talk about R being a high level language. What do we mean like that? Well, just about the simplest statement you can write in R is I assign five. So I is a variable and the arrow symbol is assign and then five is just a number. To process that, R works out all for itself that I is a variable. And also it guesses correctly that it should be an integer. In other languages, you have to explicitly state that, which makes it slower to write code in those languages, but it means that the code executes quicker because for some operations, R is doing a lot of work for each step. So for each time it executes a line of code, it's got to do all this kind of working out. So it's a high level language and other languages don't have to do that kind of work. And it means that when you run a simple loop on a lot of numbers, there's a big advantage if you can have it as a vectorization rather than as a normal for loop. So that's why you should do that. So that's the end of the show. I hope you enjoyed it this week. We've covered data cleaning and we referred to my Moodle project. We talked about for loops and vectorization and why vectorization is a better idea because R is a high level language. Next week, we'll be going on to processing and what I did with my Moodle project. And basically the processing got the individual hits that students made on the learning website and summed them in such a way as to show how many of them had accessed key resources. So hopefully that will be interesting to hear next week. Do check out the show notes for examples of the code I've mentioned and useful links. Thank you.